It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 69. Remembrance of the Daleks. I remember the Daleks. Do you remember the Daleks? Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly baby? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows, the TARDIS will be free of the force field. But the TARDIS is more than a machine. The energy is like a person. Resulting reaction. Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, your classic and classy tri-weekly Doctor Who review podcast. Uh, my name is Eric. And I'm Dan. And I think I'm going to stop even saying my name. People will figure it out, right? We don't need to yeah, say it. Yeah, we shouldn't even introduce ourselves. Dan, how are you, Dan? Uh, you're away, right? Yep, I'm up in uh, the beautiful state of Vermont. Lots of snow here, so we decided to go skiing. You uh, um, Do you have a house yeah. up there? You're up there so much, you should consider real estate. We have considered real estate. I can't believe you and I haven't talked about this. Yeah, I have a, we have a condo up here. and uh, yeah. Oh, you do I'm have a condo up, up here. Up yeah. there. Oh, what yeah. A, some friend I am. I didn't even realize that. Well... To be fair, we only speak to each other once every three weeks. <laughs> and it seems to be focused specifically on Doctor Who. Speaking of Doctor Who, uh, we're going to review the classic episode, Remembrance of the Daleks. We're going to look back fondly, or not fondly, depending on our review. But do you have anything to say about the new Who? Because uh, I feel like we talked about it the last two times, and maybe you were not loving it last time, or you were loving it. I can't remember. I feel like this season for me... A lot of hits and misses, right? Kind of a mixed bag, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, um, I I will say I've liked the episodes that uh, Chibnall, is that his name? Chibnall, is that the showrunner? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apologies if I'm sure. getting your name wrong. I like the episodes he's not writing more than I like the ones that he's writing. So I've liked the Witchfinder episode. And I liked the Demons of the Punjab, was that? Or Demons on the, or, or yeah, Night Demons. Let's call them Night Demons on a Train. Night Demons, uh, Night I've liked demons. those, and I've not liked the um, the Donald Trump-esque one with the spiders. All of the spiders were cool. And I really didn't like to the Amazon fair. one. I thought that was not oh. good. And I didn't like the... Uh, there was one that was like the something conundrum or something. You also didn't like Rosa. You, you no, I liked, liked Rosa. Rosa. I thought Rosa was okay. It was okay. It was okay. Um, it was... No, I kind of agree. Yeah. You and I had kind of talked about it um, between shows. Um, and it, we kind of both feel the same way. I, I really like all the performances and I like the production design. Um, and I like the ideas of most of the stories, but their actual execution... The scripting, some of the stuff, it just, you know, stories aren't great in, as a whole um, in some of the cases. So, yeah, it feels very hit or miss to me. I didn't really put together whether it was who was writing it and who was directing it, but um, some of them are definitely stronger than others. But I think consistently across all of them, the acting is great. I like what they're doing with the characters, even though it's taking a long time to develop all of the characters because there's so many of them now. 
Um, I do like what they're doing with them, and that's kind of the most important thing to me. Yeah, speaking of strong casts, uh, how mm-hmm. about Remembrance of the Daleks? Should we just jump into that? Is that a good sure. tra- <laughs> is that a good transition? I don't know. That felt like cast. a transition. Like somebody had a gun to my head, and I had to like. They were like, "You get, you get this show back onto the classic one right now. You stop talking about Eric." No, I had Eric, nothing. Blink else twice to add. if you're in danger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, let's do it. All let's right. Jump in. Let's jump in because I. Know, how, how much else are we gonna say? Right. Whoop. Not. Can I help you? A mug of tea, please. Cool night tonight. Yes, it is bitter, very bitter. Where's Harry? Visiting his missus. She's in hospital. Of course. It'll be twins. Mm. Your tea. Sugar? Ah, a decision. Would it make any difference? Would make your tea sweet? Yes, but beyond the confines of my taste buds, would it make any difference? Not really. But... Yeah? What if I could control people's taste buds? What if I decided that no one would take sugar? That'd make a difference to those who sell the sugar and those who cut the cane. My father, he was a cane cutter. Exactly. Now, if no one had used sugar, your father wouldn't have been a cane cutter. If this sugar thing had never started, my great-grandfather wouldn't have been kidnapped chained up and sold in Kingston in the first place. I'd be an African. See? Every great decision creates ripples. Like a huge boulder dropped in a lake. The ripples merge, rebound off the banks in unforeseeable ways. The heavier the decision, the larger the waves, the more uncertain the consequences. This is... Uh, Just as a... Whoa, God, what? A heads up, I, I haven't finished watching the show yet. Okay, good. Go ahead, go, go. This is Remembrance of the Daleks. Uh, this is the first serial of the 25th season, Dan. Lucky number 25. This is from 1988. It was written by Ben Aronovich. Aronovich. And directed by Andrew Morgan. Uh, the Doctor and Ace uh, end up in 1963 England, the same year and location uh, where this whole magical adventure began, back uh, in the Unearthly Child story. Uh, they meet up with a military science group. Somehow, I'm not quite sure what they, the group is all about, uh, but they're tracking strange phenomena that's coming from the Coates Hill School. You remember the Coates Hill School, Dan, uh, which also happens Coal to... Hill. It's, it's, it's called Coal Hill. Coal Hill, not Coates Hill. It's not Coates it's Hill. It's Coal Hill. get a lot of shit... You're going to have to edit that one because we're going to have a lot of Listen, when I type it. this stuff in and then the uh, notes autocorrects it, it, it <laughs> I'm reading whatever's on the teleprompter. Uh, so the Coal Hill School, which, which is known for its coats. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> uh, that's what it's known for. Uh, it's housing a transmat system that is sending the Emperor's Dalek army to Earth. Uh, also, there's a group of racist deer. Daleks. So Daleks that are even more racist than the original Daleks uh, that are led by a little girl battle computer. And there's also a guy named Mike who's even race, more racist, racist-dear than the Daleks. But somehow that doesn't really matter or have any effect. Uh, he still has a hero's funeral. Uh, why, why, why does everyone, what does everyone want, Dan? 
coffin full of Omega hands. Omega hands. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's your thought on uh, how did how did you remember the Daleks? Huh. Well, I, I think what you're asking me is what I thought of the story, what do you think and not of how I remembered them. Remembrance of the Daleks would be the answer to that one. Huh? Remembrance of the Daleks. Yeah. I enjoyed this story so much. This is my favorite story we've done in a very long time. I there was even though even though it was a four parter and we had to put all the extra time and effort into it. Um no, this was this was uh without a doubt the best one of the McCoy era for me. Uh, uh the best of uh yeah, the past many episodes we've done. So, yeah, totally fantastic for a number of reasons that I'm sure we'll get into shortly. Though I'm not entirely sure why the title is Remembrance of the Daleks. What exactly needs to be remembered? Like, what was forgotten? Who forgot it? Who's remembering, I guess, is the question. Yeah, I'm not sure what the title was. There's probably a more obvious answer. Uh, or it's an allusion, it's to, an allusion to something that uh, Remembrance Day. Or, well, actually, let's say... Uh, it's the anniversary season, right, of the show. It was some sure. anniversary season. 25 years, 25th. perhaps, or whatever. It's 25th yeah. season, maybe it's 25 years. Uh, I don't know about yeah. that, but, um, you know, there's so That's many correct. callbacks to where the show started. So, it's a remembrance of the show. Hey, remember, remember the Daleks? It's been a while. Remember right? the Daleks? Yeah. People loved them? Remember when people used to love Doctor Who? Remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very... I mean, it's, it. I'm sure there's more to the title than uh, we realize. But yeah, I was confused because they're usually... It's like murder of the Daleks or, you know, the Daleks kill everyone. Uh, and this is like, eh, hey, remember to the Daleks. It's a little bit... Yeah, remember yeah. the Daleks? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it sounds like you really like this. You like this a lot. I... Yeah, pretty much the whole way through. I, but we, we can go step by step. But what did you think of this story? Oh, I loved this story. I thought it was great. Yes. I think there's a couple of things that were head scratchers for me. And that's mostly Mike, who's a straight up <laughs> racist POS, whose aunt r runs a boarding house Mom. that does not serve uh, rents to colored people and they make a point of yep. showing the sign and the whole thing is about a race war between daleks and that race you know there's no there's mike is never confronted about it he's just in the clan uh she's gonna <laughs> date him until later on when he turn you know he sells them out she's 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 still into him even though he's not serving aces yeah right. ace is like oh it's god we're still gonna date you i didn't know it's like what about the sign yeah. he's got in the window and then the doctor literally is encouraging the race war you know the doctor does that long uh, monologue where he's like, "It's important to purify the race," and I thought that was no, <laughs> no but Did like, I there's this whole. I dozed off a little yeah, bit. There's this whole. Um, well, there's this whole obvious, you know, uh, racism thing subtext. Although you know, it's pretty overt, I guess. But it's not it's ever yeah. dealt with or it's just sort of weird that they stop the thing and that you see that he's got this no colored uh allowed sign and the, that's they're just to show you like this guy's a piece of shit you know <laughs> but but okay yeah. <laughs> he's fine he's fine uh and then at the end they all go to his funeral 
And they're all, like, celebrating him like he's a good person. I thought that was a little strange. But other than that, I thought it was fun. Uh, all of the uh, mythology stuff, and you get the Rassilon stuff, and you get all the callbacks to, to the, you know, start of the show. And even that little sort of uh, radio where there's, like, you know, the BBC is premiering uh, sci-fi show Doctor, and it cuts off. I kind of like that little stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, you go to the, what's the foreman... Um, uh, what's the 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 I'd name say, of the junkyard? They go to the junkyard. Yeah, they go to uh, I am Foreman's yes, uh, I junkyard am Foreman. on Trotter's Lane. So we get that. We get the Coal Hill School, uh, which is I fantastic. believe it's called the it's Coates. Set in '63. I heard it was so, called the Coates Hill School. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Coates Hill School. Everyone loves Coates Hill. Uh, yeah, I, so from the very beginning, starting off uh, because it. It becomes very obvious the setting within the first couple of minutes. I got very excited because, as I've said a million times before on our show, I love the mythos stuff. So we're right in that. I mean, we couldn't even get couldn't get more of that since we're like right at the beginning. Unearthly child. Um, so this is supposed to take place in November of '63. I don't know if we could find exactly what the date setting for Unearthly Child is, but presumably it's somewhere right around there. Yeah, it's definitely at the same time because they make a joke about somebody at the school or somebody says I was supposed he was supposed to be an old man, right? They make a joke about the doctor thinking the doctor was going to be an old man to Hartnell. It's like a Hartnell joke. Yeah, well, that was actually it was it was the uh, that was the Undertaker right. is on the phone with uh, I think with Radcliffe at the time, and he says, "Yeah, the the doctor showed up. Our guy named the doctor showed up. I think he said he was supposed to be an old geezer with white hair. So that was kind of awesome." Um, you also get the sense, you know, the doctor's been there. I, I, you know, I can't recall how long the doctor had actually been at Trotter's Lane before we start with Unearthly Child, but he obviously knows the area because he goes into the tea shop later by himself and he's talking to the Jamaican counter, uh, server there, uh, and asks about where's the owner and knows that the owner's, uh, wife is in labor having twins because he's, he's been there before. So that's, it was kind of nice to see him revisiting all of that, um, yeah, so that, that was that was kind of cool. Uh, obviously, the the locations used for filming of uh, Coal Hill School and the um, uh, uh, junkyard, I believe, are not the same as were used in Unearthly Child, but it works. I think it worked really well. So I was very excited about that. So from the beginning, we have um, we have Ace and uh, the Doctor coming right up to the Coal Hill School um, exterior, and there's the little blonde girl there. Yes, with the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, music playing and that that's that's exactly yeah. it that was the exact thing i wrote down it was like oh this reminds me of nightmare on elm street like no, nothing has been creepier when it comes to children's songs than that so that was amazing no that was cool and um, i loved how weird that was like the music mm-hmm. i guess we should talk about the music because there's i felt that the music you know not the licensed music because there's all there you get the beatles and you get elvis and and you get that, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street like weird stuff. But the regular music, what would you call that? The, the interstitial stuff. Yeah, yeah. was terrible. I thought it was terrible. Original it was like, music. That that I didn't love. Like some, it was jarring and sort of corny at times, and then too loud and and really sort of. There's like weird shots too, where like Ace will look up and smile, and then it's like a heavy like like they ask her like, "Well, you said you were from the future," and she like does this weird smile. Or what did you mean you weren't born yet? And there's this like very awkward long 
shot on her face, and then the it's really heavy-handed with the the musical cues. We're a little clumsy, I felt, and uh, a little generic. But the the fact that every I time agree. they yeah. showed that girl, it went into that weird five six seven yeah eight, yeah that the, the whole that whole thing gate, was, was super cool. And sure. this is nineteen eighty eight, so you know the Nightmare on Elm Street had been out for four years, so. Well, yeah, we would have had several nightmares on Elm's Street. Yes, by that point. Yeah, the Dream um, Warriors may have been in theaters uh, by '88. I don't. That was I don't my know. favorite, by the way. Yep. That was my absolute favorite one. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I think it was so funny how long it took to actually pay off who the little girl was. So I think it was through, through three episodes until the reveal what her connection is to all of this. She just keeps showing up at places. Um, you know, peering around corners and seeing what's going on. And then someone notices her, looks away and looks back and she's gone. So you can't really tell how she fits into all this. No, yeah, it's and right. Yeah, there was a, an element of mystery to her where you just keep seeing her and you're like, what, how is this connecting to her? And I was, I don't know about you, but I was surprised. I did not see that. Obviously, they're <coughs> playing it up like it's going to be Davros, Um you know, you've got like, the same kind of chair, and, and it's Davros's voice and everything. So I thought that was cool. Got that little helmet. Yeah, that that reveal when she turns around and it's her in the chair. I mean, my brain was just like, wait a minute, why is Davros <laughs> wearing a dress? Like, <laughs> I literally couldn't put the two together because I'm not that bright. No, uh, I was the but same. yeah. Whenever no, they I was take totally off the helmet, same. Are you talking like you thought Davros was inside of her? It's like a small wonder, and then they. They, I had. I was like, what? oh, that would be I great. Was like, Why, how did he take over her body? So then, like, you know, there is a real Davros reveal, which was also great because they build up this thing like you think he's going to be in it and he's not, but then he actually is, and he's in the the band Rolon uh, Dalek. <laughs> I remember when the Emperor Dalek shows up. I was like, I don't know if I love that design because it looks like the old. If you're familiar with the band Rolon uh, top. Roll uh, but then the giant head comes off, and there's just Davros's severed head among wires and stuff in there. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the it was kind of a weird double reveal that was effective on both counts. I thought it was that was pretty awesome. I as well when the you see the Emperor uh, Dalek appear. Oh, I really did not like the design of that Dalek at all. But on the other hand, we got. Two other Daleks that were pretty awesome. We had the um, the golden one. So the the Imperial Daleks were all gold and cream colored, which looked pretty awesome. So I like that. And uh, then you had the heavy artillery Dalek that had like this big massive gun yeah. on top of it, which was kind of awesome too. So we got we got some really interesting stuff there. And um, just speaking of new things, this is the first time we see Daleks being able to go upstairs. So they were levitating. I was reading about this because I, I remember this being a shock to me whenever I first started watching New Who. Um, one, of the, I think the second episode of uh, of season nine, uh, sorry, of the ninth Doctor, the first season of the New Who, you see them going upstairs, and at that point, it's like, uh, oh my god, they can, they can still, they can, uh, they can go upstairs, they can get us. Um, so this actually happened first. I had no awareness of that at all, and it looks like there was some sort of small indications of this in previous stories that we didn't review, but this is the first time we really see them. Um, conquering stairs, yeah. which is a big day for them. Yeah, that's cool. The, the Daleks I thought were really used really well in this story. Like I didn't, you know, sometimes we feel like there's too many Daleks, or at least certainly in the new series it was like <clears throat> that. Although they moved away from that, but I, yeah. I, it was I liked the two factions. I liked the fact that we got uh, 
they've been mutated or worked on um, <coughs> by Davros, and I like the idea that there was a subset of Daleks that were racially pure uh, that hated the Emperor right. and sort of, like, I liked all of that sort of dynamic between all of them. That's something they've been doing a lot for a long time, though, is like the uh, the Dalek race has always strove towards this purity and then conquering other races and making them pure just like they are, which is why there's always a faction that hated Davros because he wasn't one of them, even though he created them. So you see him in all these all these different stories where he's been captured by them or imprisoned or being enslaved by them. It's just I think it's a really interesting dynamic that they have, and that really was played up uh, to the maximum in this story. I thought, we- and in, in the most. In just in a very overt way. Right. So, well, in speaking with, like, how they're modifying them, it was the first It was the f- first time we've seen, really, them show the internals of the Daleks. Usually it's only limited to, like, someone blows up and maybe you see it exposed or it's crawling across the floor after something's exploded. But with the way they did the transmat uh, f- you know, phase-in or whatever, you would see sort of the outline of the body as the, the, you know, the travel unit was appearing to. I thought that was kind of cool. And like the hooks and stuff, it was, it was a a weird looking design. I kind of liked it. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, um, so this, this is a bigger story for, um, for Ace. I mean, the the character of Ace is, is building up for us. What did you think of, uh, how she performed in a, in a big, you know, well, I think just it, the two, the, just her and the doctor as as uh, duo. Yeah, fans of the show may remember that I referred to her as the Peter Quill of the Doctor Who universe, uh, because as a child she was on Earth and she was taken into space. And in this one, she actually goes back for her tape deck. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, there you go. Thank you for uh, proving me correct. So yes, she is the uh, yes. TM. I have uh, uh, developed that, coined it. Uh, so what was, what was the question? Oh, I thought Ace was great. I I really like Ace. Um, I love the fact that she's, you know, Dalek hunting on her own and she's got the gun and she's Mm -hmm. shooting people and she's like, you know, she's a little hot headed and she does stupid things, but she's interesting and she's not screaming and she's not, you know, if she's captured, she's captured and it's okay, like, it makes sense, it's not just, she's not there just to be a plot device, she's part of the plot, you know, she's she's driving her own thing, and I thought she was interesting, barring the fact that she found that no-colored sign, and that was still kind of cool with the guy, uh, that was a little weird, but, uh, she wasn't, I, that's unfair, she, she had to, to leave to go get a breath of fresh air, I think she had to consider no, some things very carefully the, after she saw uh, the no-colored sign, Early and then later on, no, no, no. Yeah, she does. No, yeah, yeah. It's she not sees early. the sign is... and then later no, on, when no, she finds no. out that he sold them out, she's like, "How could you, you monster?" And then she says, "I was gonna go out with you, and now you're garbage and you're dead to me." But the whole reason she says that is because you find out that he's double-crossed them, and he actually told them where the hand of Omega was and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, "I didn't know they were the Daleks or whatever." But that's the you know, impetus for why she rejects him. Not that his aunt is a little, uh, a little on the, you know, pure side. And he has a lot of other lines where he talks like at one point he's like, it's, we need to keep outsiders away. Like he has that whole thing. So I feel like she should have pushed back a little harder on, uh, on that. Right. Or acknowledged it or something. That was never a part of why he was a bad person or why, 
their relationship broke down or anything. It was just, whoa, 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 I guess we're racist too as a people. So that I don't know. It was fine. That's all good. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I think it was it was it was pretty well explained through the character of Radcliffe, like. The fact that he speak, he's talking to who we think is is the well, we're talking to whoever is the battle computer, but he's talking to the computer and says that uh, he was on, he had a different point of view uh, in the last war. Uh, yeah, well, and yeah, was he's on the a other fascist. Side. So he was right, a Nazi yeah, he's sympathizer, a Nazi. absolutely. Yeah. So he's a Nazi sympathizer, um, and, and <laughs> like how he threw Mike that line out, doing too. him a favor because I like yeah, right, no, and he said he got arrested, right? It was almost right to camera. And yet he's yeah. still in, in, has a job and he's doing fine. <laughs> sure. It's yeah. fine. I guess the war was over and, uh, you know, uh, let bygones be bygones. I don't know. Someone someone that, that lived through the era might be able to tell us better about this because I'm not doing the research. Um, but so Mike, you know, he's, he's part of a group with them. But I don't know if the group itself is like... <laughs> The the area like Aryan youth or something I don't know what, yes. what his 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 group is, but he says basically that that Radcliffe has some good yeah. ideas. Oh, he's a definite skinhead so, yeah, with that didn't shave his head. It's bad. Like he's in that group. Like he's looks up to this fascist dude. His aunt runs the boarding house. He's absolutely. It's a his Nazi. mom, by the way, Mike. Yeah, like I think he's clearly yes. he buys the ideology. He's doing terrible things. I, I guess he's so. A Nazi. Yeah. I yeah. And how great. I was sorry. How great was Ace's line to him, where he she says like, "Do me a favor and drown yourself." I can't, re- I can't remember. I I, like I had line. to write that down. So she's she's written well, and I, I find her very interesting. Yeah. So going back to Ace, I, I I think that's that's a great point. She is a companion with agency, uh, which we haven't had in a companion period in a long time, let alone a female companion. Uh, when she gets captured, it's not because she was running and, and twisted her ankle. Um, as we've seen so many times in the past. Um, she is a full-on 1980s action hero in this. She gets that electrified bat, the aluminum bat that gets you know transformed by the hand of Omega into some uh, you know electrified weapon, and single-handedly takes down some Daleks by beating the crap out of them. She jumps through a, a window, um, comes through basically unscathed. Uh, she blows up another Dalek, by shooting a rocket propelled grenade right into its eye stalk, which apparently the military can't do, but Ace can. She's a full on 1980s action hero. Yeah, she de- it's definitely like it Ripley, so Aliens, uh, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, line yeah. Of, uh, Terminator 2 is yet to come out, but it's all within that, that whole thing. Yeah, she was awesome. And I actually loved the cast all around. I thought everybody was great, like uh, mm-hmm. Professor Rachel or something. That yes, she yep. was awesome. Like when she, although it's a little strange, like her hooking up with the doctor in the beginning, it felt very strange. Like all of a sudden, he just him and Ace appear. The doctor and Ace they meet up with this professor, and then all of a sudden, she just goes with it. Like all of a sudden, they're part of their. I mean, I guess there's scenes that happen in between the scenes where he's shown how smart he is, and she's into that or whatever although later when she calls him a space vagrant i thought was great the fact that she's like you know someone's i forget who what character's talking to her like why are we still with this guy and she's like you think i want to be with this space vagrant we just need him because he knows x y and z um i thought she was really good i love the line i love that line space vagrant is just is just yes. absolutely perfect it is a, a very apt description she doesn't even know how apt it yeah, is it's, 
like it's it was perfect. Uh, so you have Rachel, and then you have um, uh, what's the other Allison, the the physicist. Yes, Allison the physicist. Yes, yeah. who uh, she she was cool. Um, she had less to do. Uh, but yeah, you're right. She she doesn't have a ton of lines, but she I thought she had a lot of funny lines. There's a couple of like she's like yeah. I forget who's. It's like one of the soldiers, and she's examining his brain. It's like, oh, could you fix it? He's like, I'm yeah. a, I, no, I'm a physicist. I'm not a doctor. Uh, also, one of my notes on Allison was, Allison is starting to happen to me. That's what I had there. Uh, that's another one of my notes for you Lemonhead fans out there. You've just, uh, you've just oh, spit your coffee I out. I don't know what I'm doing. The whole script was really tight and good, and everybody, even the characters that were very minor, had things to do. It never felt like it was dragging out or that there were scenes that could be cut. Like, it all felt very tight. Yeah, no, I, I agree. For <laughs> Again, I don't really have a problem with four-parters. <laughs> the only reason I have a problem with four-parters is the fact that they tend to have 15 to 20 minutes too much to do, to fill out. This was not the case. This, every moment of that, from holding off, you know, the, like we said, the the reoccurrence of the girl you see over the little girl over and over again. You don't know what's going on. That thread just keeps going forever. Um, you have all the different relationships between um, uh, Gilmore, who's the the uh, uh, commander in charge of this almost unit group that they have there. Um, uh, just all the different relationships going on. It really propelled the story. There were there were many different things. The fact that we had two different. Um, sects of Dar- Daleks to uh, excuse uh, me. What? what, what I, for a second there, I thought you said maybe it was a connection that there was Dalek sex going on. I thought that's what I heard. Okay, yeah. all right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. No, you didn't. There was that orgy <laughs> scene. That was okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, why, sorry, sorry to derail uh, 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 Derail you. Uh, doesn't, doesn't matter. All I'm saying is. Um, Did, there was not there was not a moment wasted in this story. I think everything pr- was propelled really well. Yeah, it was really good. I guess we we've covered sort of all of the characters, but what did you think of the like the way that the doctor sort of had a master plan that you as a viewer weren't mm. necessarily aware of, although it was kind of obvious. Like I felt like the once he said that he wanted the Daleks to have the hand of Omega. You know, it was like, well, it's going to blow them up or destroy them in some way. But we haven't really seen right. the doctor act like this, at least this doctor, where he felt like he was totally in control, that it wasn't... Sometimes you get a sense right. that they're sort of bumbling through things. Not necessarily bumbling, but they're sort of playing by the seat of their pants and then they're reacting and trying to figure out. Whereas this felt like the doctor had a plan almost immediately and he was like, okay, this I'm going to bury the Hand of Omega here, and then I'm going to get it to the Daleks, and uh-oh, here's a problem. There's two factions of Daleks, so I have to make sure one kills the other, and then the, the other one's gonna, the winner's going to get it. And, and like that was an interesting take for him that I liked. I liked, I, I liked when the Doctor felt more in control, and it wasn't just you know a whimsical, oh, what does this button do kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I... Yeah, absolutely. I really, I like that as well. I think um, it is, so we said before, this this doctor kind of feels like an amalgamation of a couple different previous doctors, uh, where I think in the previous stories, he's been playing more like um, Troughton, in a way, in that sort of, sort of bumbly, but you know, he still knows what's going on, but he's like playing it off as though he's just kind of uh, doesn't know what's happening and, and 
uh, uses that deception to his uh, to his end. Literally, the story before he's hanging from the edge of a cliff for no reason, and then all of a sudden, this story it's like a yes. totally different doctor, where he's you know calling the shots. He's calling the shot. I think maybe because. He is on Earth, and he is dealing with this situation that he set up in the past. He is the one that hid the hand of uh, Omega there. Um, he's back at his old stomping grounds. All of this is very serious to him, and this is his mortal enemy that he's been dealing with um, for 25 seasons for us, or 24 previous seasons for us. Um, so, yes, his character does does switch significantly and has that, that kind of... Um, uh, strategic side that we don't typically see as much. I thought it worked really well, but it was still done with a lot of humor throughout. The first, I love this, when in the first uh, part of the story, um, they they fight the Daleks, uh, that, that first group of Daleks, the, they blow it up. Um, he and Ace get into a, a truck and Ace is driving and talking and there's yes, the tur- yes. he's, he's telling her about the, about the Daleks and uh, uh, and they were left. Oh, one where they left behind that whole little interchange. I thought it was really uh, cute and funny. And then he says, "Let me drive." And they go under a train tunnel right. and they come out the other side. And Ace's reaction that they have switched seats is priceless. It is maybe just half a second of like, "How did this happen?" But it works so well. I actually laughed out loud. I thought that was genius. So you get the interplay with the two of them with the comedy. Um, you get Ace's tough, like, action hero side that comes out later, but she's still able to play the comedy really well. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm so excited by this pairing. No, I love it, this it's, pairing. And it, I think it speaks to the strength of the script, too, because it's it's full of darkness yeah. and mystery, and it's serious at points, but it also is able to run the comedy through it so it doesn't take itself too seriously. And it just really, really works. Yeah. Like, it feels... It feels closer to what the show will become, you know, in 2005 than than some of the, yeah. the previous, certainly than the Colin Baker stuff uh, that preceded it. Uh, yeah, so I totally agree with you. I thought that that see, that's, that cutaway where they, they switch um, positions was funny. All of their stuff is just, just really well, well executed. Yeah, yeah. They, they actually seem to have a genuine rapport, which... You know, after we've seen with, you know, Colin Baker and and the work that we had to go through to get him to be likable, to be able to start off with a doctor that has has a lot of versatility in his personality, but is still able to maintain um, that relationship with his companion. You must have... Not to mention that it is just an awesome companion. Yes. I was, you must have been so happy with all of the Omega stuff, too, because I know how you love the Rassilon and the mythology of, the, of Gallifrey and the Time Lords and this... I, yeah. I loved all that stuff, too, because they do a fair amount of exposition, but it didn't feel too heavy-handed yes. or just too, you know, where he explains sort of... Because for a while, you know, if you, you must have... You know, when did we do the, the Omega thing? Was that the five Doctors or the three Doctors? That was a long I mean, was, time ago. That was Yeah, it was a very ago. long time for us. And, and he's they've mentioned him, but the fact that they sort of tie it all back and this is... He, he used this to create the energy source that built, you know, the... Time Lord's whole empire and how Rassilon used that and all that. I loved all of that stuff. And I thought the... It felt oh, to me... On. I was just going to say, I loved the whole no, weirdness you. of it being in a coffin that he could talk to, even though that was sort of like... It could have gone south and been just stupid. I thought yep. it was just kind of cool. And the, and the I don't quite understand... He's able to put the bat in there and then he gets a bat out that's supercharged, but I don't care. It's fine. I like that. I like that yeah. it is 
alive, just in the way that the TARDIS becomes sort of a character and alive, uh, and they play mm-hmm. on that more and more as, as the series goes on. But I liked that whole thing, and the fact that the, the, that was part of it, you know, he knew that the, he'd sort of talked to the Hand of Rassilon to do the supernova thing at the end or whatever. I liked, I thought that was cool. But go on, you were going to say something. I agree. No, I, I agree with all of that. I think that um, that there was a lot of exposition. They had to reset um, uh, this this history for. I'm I'm assuming you know this is a show that's been going on for a very long time, 25 years at this point. That there are always new uh, new groups of audience coming to the show. It's the first uh, episode of a new um, season. Um, they haven't talked about a lot of this mythology in several seasons at least. So to have to have to give us all that exposition but in a way that felt natural was difficult but using uh the doctor telling ace the story and then letting ace kind of fill in other people that she's already been told about part of the story felt very natural and earned um as opposed to uh what could have felt very stilted and uncomfortable so we we not only got everything about rassilon um how how the uh the time lord's gained all of their power uh, with, you know, stellar manipulation uh, and uh, engineering. We also got the backstory of Scaro and the the race that, you know, uh, the mutations of the race and all of this. There's a whole, you know, 25 years of story that they kind of condense into what felt very manageable um, and kind of resetting the table for us uh, for what will obviously happen later in New Who, but maybe happens further in um, in the in the original series as well. I thought it felt great. It was it was really really cool to see all of that. Um, I really like when the Doctor and Ace are sitting on the stairs and he's telling her about the hand of o- Omega, and she's like, "It's an actual hand. What? Why? Why would he leave his hand behind? What can that do?" And he's like, "No, it's not an actual hand. The Time Lords are just really pompous." And then she says, "Yeah, I've noticed." Like that that moment, I thought was really great. And I just didn't want to skip that. Well, I'm glad you got that before I was cutting you, you off. What say. I what I was just going to say a little bit about the Rassilon stuff is that's the uh, stuff from Gallifrey that's interesting. Like, it feels like for so many Mm -hmm. stories that the only thing that we've gotten is the boring bureaucracy or a court hearing or everything's very stuffy and the 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 elaborate gowns. And it's, like, none of the mystery and the cool, weird stuff of, like, them, you know, creating energy sources and really manipulating time. All the cool stuff was sort of uh, ripped away, and, and, and every time we dealt with the uh, Time Lords, it was always kind of like, it was, it was a, a long way from, like, you know, the Black Guardian, White Guardian weird error of the past, and it's nice to go back to that, where they really feel like mysterious yeah. people and not just going to work uh, and sitting at a boring meeting or something. That's all I was going to say. They actually felt like power, a powerful race of time lords, as opposed to yeah, um, bureaucrats. Yeah. So yeah, this is. I, and was right. there I, there was I, some I like line that. too uh, that the doctor was present at something? I I had read that. I'm trying to yes. Oh um, yes, he was present at the creation. It's what he's telling. He's yeah. He's uh, he's telling Ace about Omega and the stellar engineering. Um, and that we got some things wrong or something like that. And Ace says we, and he says they. So, yeah, he's kind of hiding the fact that he has some uh, connection to the beginning of Time Lords. Well, I don't know necessarily if that's true. I don't think 
we right. seen from that my later? perspective when he said that i just took it as okay well he's just saying that because he is a time lord and it would be like me saying you know when we moved away from the british and i'm talking about uh the Re- american revolution i wasn't obviously there and then afterward i read i know it's strange that you don't think i was there um, really but when works. I read that later, okay. what you said, where people are tying that, oh, this is part of, because there's, I guess the the script editor at the time had an elaborate thing that was going to happen, and there's a word for it, which I can't remember, that never, never finishes, never so the happened. show's going to end before they can do all these reveals, but this is part of that, and maybe the Doctor's origins were not quite what we seem, or maybe he was more powerful. I didn't pick any of that up, I just, when he said that line... It was like, oh, he's just saying, you know, he's talking about we and the, you know, the capital we as opposed, you know, I don't know what you, you don't, you don't take it. You don't believe it either. No, I mean, I think that's, I think that's deliberate that it could be taken either way, um, that you're planting a seed for a thing that actually never comes to fruition, at least in the original series of, of the doctor's backstory, but it could be read either way. So it's deniable if it doesn't happen or, you know, someone listening to it may not pick up on it, but um, the foundation is kind of being laid. Um, yeah, so I, I thought that was that was interesting. It's you a shame it to to hear that he does, You know, they don't get to to sort of do the story that they wanted to do. That the show is going to end. We have one more season after yeah. this one, and then it's over. Yeah, so yeah. that's too bad. So there's stuff there's stuff planned for a 27th season that never got to happen. But you know, all that kind of some of those things come around to the novelizations and big finish and other things that um, I will probably never get to. But um, I don't know. I think we, we have. Uh, oh, so so there's so the the there's the reveal of the girl uh, as being used as a piece of the battle computer. It's explained that the the Daleks are slaves to logic and reason, so they need an unpredictable young child with imagination to be part imagination of the battle computer. Power. I mean, that was that was that was cool. Uh, it was just not a. It seems like a a huge flaw that they would need that and. Are, do they do that when they go and conquer other planets as well? They have to find a small, imaginative child. To it was just kind of weird. Um, it was well, effective. I was going to say it's a little strange too because the faction that's using an outside person to, you know, uh, what's the opposite of purify? But they're uh, they're the ones that want to be uh, pure and and one hundred percent Dalek, and then they're introducing a foreign entity. A different race altogether. That's a good point. Uh, that's the group that's using it. Yeah. Was a little strange, uh, but yeah, it, the way that she worked, yeah. and I guess we're just supposed to take it uh, for granted that the Daleks can just take people over, and then they're their puppets. And we've seen that before, right? In um, they took people over. And yeah. So I guess I Daleks. guess that's that's all. And I, I would just read that it was the little girl getting put into the battle computer took over her mind. Um, and that's be, I say that because Ace. When they see the battle computer chair, she almost sits in it. Yeah, why not? Why not? And it's going to like pull the helmet down. The doctor pulls her out of there that and gives her kind of like a, a worried, serious look. So I'm guessing that's kind of it. Um, it was either that or uh, she was taken over when she went to a Spencer's Gifts and started <laughs> yeah, playing with the, the electric that. globe. One of those. I loved that's that how that was the thing well. that controlled. And it was cool. We, we got to, to hear that the Daleks do, they can go through time too they have primitive time technology which again as we've seen that before though we they're time corridors that they've said yeah uh so it was it was kind of you know not the best special effect of the world that thing but you know what are you gonna do it's fine 
but on the other hand, so that, yeah, that was ridiculous. Oh, wait, so well, speaking, spe- yeah, speaking of that thing, I don't want to get off of it, but when the doctor disables it, doesn't he put like a little note or something on top of it? It's like a weird yeah. little calling yeah. card. It's like, oh, this. I thought that's what it was too. Well, what was actually uh, just a tangent on your tangent, when he uh, pulls out that calling card, he does a little sleight of hand. He reaches up in the air with an empty hand and like makes it appear. There's a little magic trick, which I think is nice. A nice character flourish for the eighth uh doctor oh sorry for the seventh seventh doctor yeah seventh doctor to to kind of pull this out of thin air and then drop it on it anyway so anyway just just backing up the that the electrified globe that is the the time controller thing is ridiculous for people that don't live in the u.s or don't know what spencer's gift is just you know picture your a, a crappy mall that has a whole bunch of uh, who farted posters and gag gifts. It was that little that that little electric globe. Everyone's seen that before, so I don't know why that would be a prop on the show. That was kind of ridiculous. So that was on the extreme bad end, but that floating casket and also the landing um, imperial yes. shuttlecraft in the school. Those effects I thought were really convincing. Even yeah, you know, the floating coffin. It it. It's 1988, you know, there is some computer special effects at this point, um, but it's still really early for it. But the way that it's coming down towards the grave and yeah, then turns I, over and the way the shadow follows it, it actually I looks had a, pretty convincing right, I had a question shots. for you on that, and that was, did this get an enhanced version and we watched the enhanced version? Because I thought the effects on that looked pretty good, too. Oh. The landing of the shuttle, like you're saying, and, and um, even the Emperor's mothership in space and all that stuff looked more modern than but well, i guess 1988 is getting pretty you know it's yeah. not completely outside of the realm of possibilities that that's what they that it was that's how it aired and maybe that was the case i have a feeling that's how it aired i don't think the britbox ones ever contained the enhanced dvd versions uh, of the effects so i i think this is the original um it, it looked, looked good looks pretty good uh, another another pretty another pretty bad effect though since just since we're on that um i was reading I was wondering why the Daleks, when they're rolling around, they seemed really wobbly and unstable and and especially the last like they looked one. like they were plastic as opposed to being especially the last one. Yeah, yeah the black one um, looked really terrible. And apparently, they had changed um, the roller system that it's on because you know in previous stories it would always have to be in a studio rolling on an extremely flat surface, or you know if it hit a bump, the Dalek would just stop and couldn't go any further. So instead of being on those wheels, it was on very large balls that would allow it to roll over rough surfaces, but it resulted in the the base being very unstable. I think it was a pretty bad trade-off because it just made them look insubstantial. Um, so that, and especially the, the black one at the end, um, just looked terrible as it's kind of wobbling around. And then, just since we're talking about that guy, he's defeated, so he spins in circles and implodes. Yeah, well, at the same time, the uh, little girl supercomputer, my first supercomputer... The CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. She's spinning around too, and then is freed of the yeah. power of. I guess I don't know. Like because the computer, yeah. Yeah. She, the battle yeah, computer, is controlling her, and then so the doctor convinces the last remaining Dalek of that evil faction, or not evil necessarily, but the rogue faction, and when he realizes he has Renegade, no purpose. Yeah. That was- he suicides mm-hmm. himself, I guess. But does that mean the computer also has computed? And then I feel like you almost should have had a shot of the computer blowing up, and then they blow up. But it was I a little right. strange. 
so yeah, so that was the Supreme Dalek. Um, so the Supreme Dalek is the head mm-hmm. of the Renegade faction. The Emperor is the head of the, the Imperial, obviously, um, Daleks. So I guess he it was directly controlling the little girl. I don't know. The the Dalek, the Supreme Dalek spinning around and about to implode looked really ridiculous. But that little she girl, her performance yeah. of spinning around and screaming was really was, sc- was creepy and awesome. And she also she was, has the uh, Emperor really Palpatine laser uh, uh, lightning oh, hands, yeah. which was great that she smoked that full mic. He answers the door and he gets it blasted right to the face. I like that they killed that guy because I didn't like him. Uh, it, she was a great actress. So, like she, all of her parts, even when she was yeah. a mystery figure in the beginning, was very good. Her ending performance was yeah. really good. So every everybody was just really well, uh, well done. Except for I guess the brigadier character, who's not the brigadier, although they call him the brigadier, is a little joke. I yeah, love that they he, did that. He, I love that. He yeah. wasn't bad or anything. Um, but I felt he wasn't very memorable in the same way that some of the other performances were a little yeah. bit better. I think he he and Mike were probably the weakest. I mean, also the headmaster just because he had right. Yeah, I mean, no, no I even face, forgot that he was a character and him. mixing him up with Radcliffe, the, everyone's favorite Nazi. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> he is my favorite Nazi, besides Rolf from Sound of Music. So I... I didn't catch this when I was watching it, but I was reading um, reading back over some notes and uh, looking some stuff up to make sure I had it all straight. Um, that military group is the ICMG. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that at all? That they were the Intrusion Countermeasures oh. Group. I like that an acronym. No, I don't know what that is. So I didn't. I don't. Re- I don't recognize them saying that in the story, but you know, on the uh, the TARDIS Wikia page obviously you know a grain of salt for that but you know it's it's referencing that as well i just didn't know so it's like a precursor to unit which is kind of cool but i did i like that you mentioned i forgot that he mentioned uh he called yeah um, brigadier him the the brigadier yeah there were a number of references to past who stuff uh wars episodes um don't they talk about uh the fact that they're aliens here and he makes mention like didn't you what about the zygon zygons and like he, he yeah yeah Invasion, so i thought that yeah, was yeah. again because it's an anniversary type year uh that they're all sort of feeding back into all of the old who old lore yeah well yeah the doctor says to that point your species has the most amazing capacity for self self Deception. So the fact that they just all these things happen, and like that was the thing in New Who, they do that a lot too. It's like by this point, everyone's yeah. like seen a lot of aliens. There's some weird crap going around, and they just like forget. All right. Well, do you have anything else, Dan, on this show before we turn it over to the listeners? No, yeah, I think we I think both that loved it. Covers it. Um, I'm so glad that. I hope that this is this is an indication of how the last bit of uh of original who we have to go um i hope it follows this pattern because yeah. this feels Agreed. this feels like a good direction to Agreed, me dan all right what do we got cool. from uh feedback from well, then. our listeners yeah so um thank you guys for reaching out to us on twitter and email um i let you guys know in advance that we we're reviewing this story so um you guys got in touch with us let me see i'm going back through our t- twitter feed here um, let's say, uh, uh, hair of the hound on Twitter says, I can't wait to hear what you make of it. Um, have only listened to three McCoys, but I'm totally on board. He's been watching the show for 45 years, uh, and says that we bring a fresh perspective every week. 
Um, have a wicked time with Remembrance. See you on the other side. So, Hair of the Hound, now you know how we felt. Uh, two enthusiastic thumbs Thank up you. on that one. Uh, Chris's Paddock says to us, um, this is a little uh, foreshadowing, but as a 25th anniversary extravaganza, I think this is better than Silver Nemesis, mm, which is the official 25th okay, anniversary Okay, that's story. next? Is that next? Uh, Daleks. Oh, no, it was the... No, that's okay. not the next story. That's later. Next gotcha. is Happiness Patrol. Um, he goes on to say, Daleks, Time Lords, a unitish uh, org, double crosses, Davros, Coal Hill School, or Coat Hill School, <laughs> and uh, references, references, references. You know that's right up my alley, so guess this was pretty awesome. Uh, also on Twitter, uh, WJ Bird says, When I was 17 and it was first shown overnight episode one, made Doctor Who cool again. Everyone had watched it, and uh, the next morning it was the talk of the common room at school. Um, it's not perfect. The 80s music can be jarring yeah. at times. I think you pointed that out. I think there were some points where it was actually it's just pretty good, basic, generic action hero stuff, but all those moments where it was like stingers of like calling yeah, attention it was too to much. Yeah, I agree. Horrible. Sorry. Too much. Um, going back to the tweet, um, some of the acting was a bit wooden, he says, about Mike. But as an attempt to make Who relevant again to the 1988 audience, it was fast-paced, huge success, with plenty of mythology laid for the fans, too. Agreed. Um, let's see. Who else do we have here? Da -da 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 -da. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, Chuck Suffle says... Uh, I watch Remembers of the Daleks, an interesting story, and he has opinions that he will send to us in emails. So with that, thank you folks for um, getting in touch with us on the Twitter machine. So, uh, Eric, uh, while I pull up the email, because I forgot to do that, do we have any new... Uh, I didn't look at iTunes, but I do, I will use this time to read, we got a comment on Facebook. Facebook, yes. So this is in response to our last review, Dragonfire. Uh, that they wrote, uh, this is from Charles F. Uh, I think it's interesting that the new showrunner was exactly in the position of toxic fandom back in the 80s when the powers that be at the BBC used to use the hate to kill the show. The situation seems to have come full circle. So as a reference to Dragonfire and I guess drawing parallels to the show now. So there you go. Thank you for writing in, uh, Charles. Yeah. And no, I, I do not believe, we have no new U.S. reviews. I don't know, we have to check the uh, foreign markets uh, to see how we're faring over there. So way to go, U.S. Jesus. Nice. Letting us down. Really love it. Um, okay, so from our emails, uh, Chuck, <laughs> your email's really long and awesome. Uh, we uh, did read through I did this, not but, read through um, it. Did you read through uh, it? I didn't to read say, through it. I try not to, this is a little uh, fun fact, yes. I don't read any of the emails that come in that are about the show I'm about to watch until right now, so you always get my pure reaction. I always wait until at least I've seen the episodes before I'll read anything, including the, including the tweets. Yeah, I don't want it to color no. my, uh, you know, I don't want you to say something and then I see it and now, now where are we? Oh, even purer than I am in this. Um, okay. Should I read out the entire email? Is it that is is it long? Yeah, it's about ten paragraphs. Why oh why don't you just highlight it? Give me some I'm highlights, chance. Dan. You're gonna you're gonna have to edit this part. Um, boy. Okay. 
Um, Chuck says, uh, in part here, I know we said we'd read every email uh, on the air, but uh, this is special circumstances, um, so we're not going to. But Chuck, thank you for writing. Yeah, let's kill that Um, rule. We won't read every... We will read a piece of every email sent. I like that. We also got a number of emails other than Chuck. There's... um, Someone right. had sent us a very long email. It was very long, and there's no way we're reading that on. So that's just... Never happening. We will read as much as we can, uh, and that's cool, right? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, so in part, Chuck says, uh, Remembrance of the Daleks was a great example of what I enjoy about Doctor Who. Admittedly, I haven't watched many of the stories that precede this one, so I'm not sure how well it continues or screws up the mythology, but I found it well-written, engaging, at times very funny. Wait, hold um, on. Is- Admittedly, I haven't watched many of the stories that precede this one. What about all the old Doctor Who shows? Are you not watching the shows along with us? For shame, Chuck. Of course he is. Do you think he's listening he to the podcast and not watching the episode for context? That would be even crazier. That's Maybe it's more exciting that, that way. I don't know. Maybe. However you want to do you it. Can make, you can, you can paint it. your own mind picture. It's fine. Um, let's see. Admittedly, I have no idea what Doctor Who is about. Yeah, go on. I'm assuming it's something like Knight Rider. Um, along with being well-written and competently directed, uh, both the sets and setting were great. Um, overall, uh, really, uh, uh, enjoyed this. And then there's some, uh, questions for you, Eric, about do you have any convention appearances lined up? Um, no. <laughs> good. Okay, awesome. Nope. Got nothing. I got nothing going on. However, if everybody listens to this were to buy my books, maybe I would have more. Uh, where can people up. find your books, Eric? Oh, how? Yeah, where, where, and how? On Amazon. You go on Amazon and look up my name and just start buying. Okay. Well, let's all do that. Um, Chuck, yeah. thank you very much for that. I'm sorry that we don't have time to read all this. Um, that is a lot. Um, all right. Well, hold on. I'll add. I'll add a little because he took the time yeah. to write this. So I will say. Speaking of the actors, Pamela Salem's Rachel was interesting, and I believe that was Professor Rachel. Uh-huh. She was so thirsty in that first scene in the van <laughs> in part one. I couldn't help but think of a different actor playing the doctor. They may have had a chance at some sexual tension in that relationship. Side note: She played a pretty good and quite thirsty Miss Moneypenny in Never Say Never Again. So that's interesting. I did oh. not realize that, that she had played Miss Moneypenny. So there you go. Uh, also, oh, the awesome. actor who played Sorry. Headmaster Michael Sheard is always a fun one to notice. Not only has he appeared on Doctor Who seventeen times, Dan. Yeah, you know that. I knew he that he had also, been on many. Yeah. Okay, he was also Lord of Vader's Admiral. It was Admiral Ozzel in Empire Strikes Back. And supposedly both the U-boat sure. commander in Raiders of the Lost Ark and Adolf Hitler in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So that's something. Hmm. So thank you for hmm. pointing that out. Well, thank you very much for that. Um, and let's see from uh, new listener Grant McQuarrie uh, says... I've only just come across your podcast, and I'm sad it took Dragonfire took to Dragonfire before I, I found it because you're uh, an utter delight to listen to. Um, Thank you. He says it's it's always hard to get a fresh perspective on the old show, and I've been having fun catching up with a bunch of old episodes and your opinions on them. I'm thrilled to hear you're doing a second go round to plug the gaps after McCoy era bows out as well. So it's fabulous you guys are going there more. Um, so thank you for that. He does have one point. Um, Let's just, we'll read this one out. Uh, He says, I also have one small pedantic point, the best kind of point, regarding something mentioned during your coverage of the ultimate foe. Though I'm sure you'd rather forget all about the trial of a Time Lord. 
and he says, I'm weirdly obsessed by it in all of its wobbly awfulness. When the true nature of the Valyard is re revealed, you guys pointed out that he said, was said to exist, quote, between the Doctor's 12th and 13th regenerations. Wrong! He is said to exist uh, between the Doctor's 12th and final regenerations. At the time of uh, the assumption was, of course, this meant the 13th, but since our Jody's debut and the new regeneration cycle the Doctor has, the time between the 12th and final regeneration is suddenly a lot longer. A small point, but one I felt obliged to make. Well, that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think I just assumed that either they said 13 or they said exactly what what they did say and i just assumed it was so that 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 i hope that they pick that thread up in the show and that we get that tied into the story the valyard like you know this this particular showrunner you know i think we need a little bit of something from uh the who who's past in the new show i mean i like that everything's new and different but it would be nice to sort of thread that needle Without and, uh, returning to something that has been well trod before, like the um, the Time Lord Council or Daleks, this would be great. I will say to be even more pedantic than your pedantic point, um, it wasn't Jody uh, Whitaker, this Doctor, that's thrown off that regeneration cycle, but arguably the War Doctor would have thrown off that regeneration cycle, even though he's not officially counted. That was regeneration, so there, everyone there can you go. pile on about why there I'm wrong about you go. that. But but feel free. Well, that so, was still, thank I'm you very glad much, that Grant. you wrote in, because that, that, uh, that makes me happy to think that that's yeah. even more um, of a possibility. And just as a little plug, thank you, Grant, for, for listening. Um, Grant is the co-host of Talking Who to You, uh, discussing oh. big big finish audio Doctor Who stories. So, oh, so please plug, check plug that out. That. Yeah, check them out. Um, I'm glad that we get to have a little crosstalk between different uh, Who podcasts as well. So that's, that's awesome. Um, and, uh, the, a very long email from our friend, uh, Paul Paranoid. Um, some of it came through in, uh, code that we weren't able yeah, to. Yeah. One decipher. of them, one of your emails, Paul was just mime, like a long email header. Uh, yeah. so it's a map, I, I assume to some kind of, uh, <laughs> national treasure esque. It's a map to Nick Cage's house and then he'll tell us, <laughs> he'll tell us where to go from there. But no, we, we, uh, I think his email though didn't he didn't want us to read it on there, right? That's right, that's right. He, you had some so, just some um, things about the some novels and Doctor Who uh, audio. If we were going to do anything after the movie, would we follow through with any of those? Um, I say for for us, probably not. Um, almost definitely not. We'll do the um, we'll do the Eighth Doctor story uh, movie and then go back around again and hit some of the um, original Doctor stories again. If yeah, we were and, to and, ever finish that. And we haven't uh, murder-suicided each other, or you guys haven't come and uh, killed us in the night. Maybe we consider doing some interesting uh, highlights of Big Finish stories, but that's something for years in the future from now. Yeah, and I would add to that, uh, but still, if we're reviewing a story, or we've reviewed a story, and you think there is a Big Finish story or a piece of prose or something that would be a good thing to follow up with that you want to write in, we would absolutely recommend that to listeners that if you like this you, you know i have no problem with that but as For far sure. as doing yeah doing uh episodes where we sort of research and then do that's probably not going to happen nope there you go um, but that's it so All thank right. you well, everybody thank you, everyone. For, uh... For listening to our, our episode this week. And oh, did you check feedback. the UK? Did you check the reviews, though? 
We didn't that get only comes from in overseas. Yeah, that that email Nothing. only comes in uh, every month, so not anything uh, yet uh, on our next story. Uh, sorry, our okay. next uh, review of our next story. Um, we should have that. So if you guys are outside of the U.S. and want to review us, please take the time to go to the iTunes store and uh, leave a review there. Same for you Americans. Um, it's the best way for other people to find our show. So check that out. And speaking and of finding also- our show, yeah. tell them about the Twitter account, Dan. Oh, it's um, at TODW show on the Twitter machines. Um, same on the Instagram and on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash TODWS. That's right. Um, you can and the email, email us at the old Doctor Who show at gmail.com. So you can drop us a line there. Or you can go to our website, theolddoctorwhoshow.com, and you can leave uh, messages on any of the individual stories or go to the schedule page, see what stories we have coming up in the future, and uh, leave any recommendations for episodes we should hit on the second go-round. Yeah. Or, or go to the post office and send us real things. Uh, P.O. Box 2131, Red Bank, New Jersey, 07701. Uh, I don't know what you want to send us, but you can send us uh, We've Gotten Mugs. Uh, we've got art. artwork. Yeah, we've gotten all sorts of stuff, the, and we love no, that stuff. Uh, so the bar's pretty high, is what we're trying to say. Uh, holiday season's here. The bar's been set pretty high. But if you want to try to top it, we're not going to stop you. Yes. And uh, speaking of stopping you, or not stopping oh. you, we, we don't want to stop you from watching Happiness Patrol, because you have yep. until you hear this, and Christmas or the day after Christmas. So after you're done opening up your presents... Uh, just think of poor Dan and I. They're gonna have to get on uh, Skype here and talk about Happiness Patrol. Uh, I know have nothing one about more, this. We have one more present to open from us. So yes, that's, pretty awesome. uh, that's a good way of putting Aww. it. Yeah, Happiness Patrol. Uh, I, I know nothing about it, um, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. So there's only yep. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more. I believe seven more uh, stories, and then we are going to be doing the movie. So that's something to look Woo. forward to. That's gonna be awesome. Yep. All right. All right. Let's let's uh, end this. End yeah. it. Hit the kill switch. All right. <laughs> All right Bye. Kill it. kill it. See ya. Uh, so the is the outro music? Can the outro music be uh, "Lay Your Hands on Me"? What's the hand of Omega? No. Okay. She'd shake it up. Was hard to make out. Now it's plain to see. I couldn't cut and save myself. Found my life. I never looked at her this way before, but now she's all I see. Allison started to happen. Allison started to happen. Allison started to happen to me. It's so mesmerizing, can't describe it. All that inside, hey, no one's heard her last name. I ain't asked, so who am I to blame? An earthquake started.